When it comes to hard work, there's one important rule. Pick the right tool for the right job. That's why Chevy offers a family of Silverado pickup trucks designed just for the job. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. Blackhawks Live. No, it's all saying win. Go Blackhawks! That's hockey, baby! From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, it's time for Blackhawks Live. Let's pull back the curtain. Go behind the scenes of your favorite hockey team. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Here's Chris Bowden and Nick Gismondi. Hey, good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining us once again this week for Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Chris Bowden. All Blackhawks conversation coming your way over the next hour as we'll be joined by a couple of defensemen, Calvin DeHaan, one of their current Blue Liners, as well as, that's coming up in a few minutes then in our second half hour, our friend Steve Conroy, who was on the call last night for NBC Sports Chicago along with Pat Foley. Now, we had liftoff last week, but... I I had to fly solo because my usual co-host did not have liftoff uh, in time to get home for the show, but uh, glad to report that he is on board this week, so let me officially welcome in, introduce Nick Ismondi, joining us from the safety of his uh, Rocky Mountain bunker. Uh, Glad to have you along for this ride over the next uh, four months. Let's have some fun. Hey, Bones, it's so good to be on the air with you, my friend, and uh, I, I apologize for having you go uh, go on that breakaway by yourself. I, I was trying to get across the blue line there, but, uh, you know, it. listen, I, I have a pretty hard and fast rule about not traveling on uh, on broadcast days, and uh, unfortunately, a, a prior engagement before I was able to uh, commit to the show kind of jammed me up, literally, and I found myself stalled uh, quite quite literally in in, uh, in Dulles there in D.C., so good to be with you, though. I'm, I'm super excited about this year. We're going to have some fun. Yeah. Yeah, did you have to quarantine once you got back? Because you there was there was a, a, a sick uh, a, a sick customer on one of the plane or something like that, wasn't it? Was that the back? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Somebody got uh, somebody got ill on the plane. I, I don't know as though it was anything that was uh, related to what's going on in the world right now. But I took the precautions and kind of sat tight and, and and still am doing so. I'm actually obviously, as you said, I'm in Denver, so just kind of laying low right now, but feeling good. And uh, you know, I, I think the skies are uh, you know clear from here on out. That's but good. Uh, it's 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 good to uh, it's good to be able to do uh, radio in this current uh, craziness from even afar. So I, I see your I see your smiling face on the Zoom here, but uh, it's good to hear your voice. Too. Yeah, I, I said when, when Curtis, our producer, said that you wanted to, I have to look at Nick too. Uh, but it's a, you got to look at me too. That's the that's the other that's the other uh, part of this here. Obviously, not the start that the Blackhawks wanted this season. This season has been about with stated far before we even dropped the puck about a rebuild. It's going to be about progression, about taking steps along the way, especially with the tough hand that this team was dealt right before training camp even started with a couple of injuries and, of course, Jonathan Taves' illness. And uh, 0-3 starts so far, and uh, it, it has been rough at times, but I, I have a pretty good feeling about tomorrow night. I, you know, I, All the guys are saying the right things, and we'll talk about it with Calvin DeHaan here in a minute. Nobody wants to get out of the gate uh, 0-3, but nevertheless, uh, they seemed to have a, a right mindset as to you know how they were talking after practice today. You were on the Zoom calls with a couple of the guys in Jeremy Colleton. Uh, it, it's the first week of the season. You can't bury yourself in frustration. They have an obligation, and they will continue to keep working and get more consistent 60-minute play out of themselves. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, I think what you really have to do is put this whole thing in in, in quite a bit of perspective, and that, that does go along with the, listen, it is only three games in, and, 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 I, and I know the pressures that are on this team and this organization of being, you know, being sort of still the new guy with, with the Chicago Blackhawks. I understand the pressures and the, um, you know, the expectations of the city, but you've got a lot of different factors that came in and smacked these guys right away from the very beginning. Not having Jonathan Taves in that room with essentially 10 new guys on the roster hurts. I mean, he's their leader. He's their leader uh, both on the ice. He's their leader off the ice in that room. He's a huge presence that carries a lot of weight and certainly has a massive, massive voice, even though he, he comes off to us and to the media and to the public as, as maybe a little bit more reserved He's talking a lot, and, and, and so you're missing that element in the locker room. Kirby Doc made some massive strides uh, during the, the first pause to come back and play well in that return to play, and then he looked great all summer. Obviously, he was going to be, I think, phenomenal at, at, uh, at World Juniors, and then he was going to have a massive impact, so that hurts. And then not having that full training camp, not having those exhibition games for some of these new guys to really get their first taste of the NHL, to understand the speed, to understand the, the physicality and the game day and the routine and all of that. So you're playing catch-up a little bit here. So you know, I would not be judging or starting to really judge or or put, put our thumb down on these guys you know, for a few more games here just because I don't think we're getting a full, clear picture as to what exactly they're going to look like. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, you, like you said we talked to those guys on zoom the positivity is there um the the right things are happening i thought they made a big step in that second game the first game against tampa was whatever it was what it was thought they played much much better in that uh in in that second game and then you know yesterday they had opportunities to win but they they couldn't they couldn't kind of finish it if you will yeah and and uh that's kind of been the theme here there there have been very good stretches there have been very flat and unfortunate stretches as well and as this team learns to play together learns each other as a matter of fact as they go along here after that short training camp you would expect steps to be taken and hopefully uh, that's the case that we see tomorrow and i have a pretty good feeling about tomorrow night them coming home wrapping this thing up with a victory before uh, their first home game against the detroit red wings coming up on friday at the united center we're going to take our first break when we come back we will be joined by blackhawks defenseman calvin dehan enjoy the show everyone you're listening to blackhawks live presented by chevydrivechicago.com drive what kane and taves drive on 720 wgn dehan in behind the net Reverses it to Seabrook around up the right board. Seabrook with a headman pass up the right wing at center ice. He got it ahead to Dock in over the Vegas line. DeHaan from the left circle. Shoot, he scores! Calvin DeHaan's first goal as a Blackhawk. Ties the score at two. And a perfect setup from the far circle. And DeHaan just wristed it right past Flurry. We're tied up at two. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Chris Bowden, Nick Gismondi with you here, and our first guest tonight in his second year with the Blackhawks, 12th overall draft pick of the Islanders back a dozen years ago. Uh, played five years with the Islanders, one season in Carolina before Stan Bowman uh, trade for him a couple of summers ago. Calvin DeHaan joining us live from Florida ahead of tomorrow night's road trip finale against the Panthers. Hey, Calvin, uh, good evening. Thanks for jumping on with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. Now, one one thing I've loved hearing from you and the other guys before the season even began last week was uh, the motivation the team was taking in, in in low expectations from the outside, and uh, really that's the only mindset that any team should take. And now the start hasn't been what anyone wanted, but I also heard something else I, I liked when Jeremy and and uh, Matthias and, and Lucas Walmark spoke with reporters today. It's early. The season's going to be about incremental growth, and while it may be frustrating at times, 
you have to keep putting the work in. And is that a pretty universal characterization about the team's approach here at practice today and their overall attitude? Yeah, of course. Um, I think it goes without saying with any team, uh, you know, whether you're a cup contender or, uh, you know, if you're, you know, rebuilding like we are, I think it's uh, a mindset that every team has, um, you know, you, you want to compete and get better and be the best in the league. And, um, you know, and, and just trusting the process is, is probably the, the right way to do things. And, um, you know, what Jeremy said is, is 100% true. Calvin, it's uh, it's obviously it's a weird year, and we Chris and I were just talking about this, but with with no training camp and with you know basically just jumping right into a shortened season, you don't have that lead up, you don't have that ramp up, you don't have that 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 little bit of time to kind of work out the kinks. You have to get right into it, and then on top of it, you've got a condensed season. Does it does it change the mindset? Does it change the preparation for you at all, or is it is it a little bit more business as usual? Uh, for me personally, it's just hockey at the end of the day. But I think from a team aspect, it, it uh, um, you know, missing out on those preseason games uh, can go a long way, especially for a team like ours at the moment. Um, you know, we have a lot of guys who are new to the league. You know, they're, they've only been in the league for a certain, you know, a, a brief moment of time. Um, and being able to, to get some preseason games under the belt and, and being able to gel with, with your new teammates uh, and, and knowing tendencies and stuff like that can go a long way. Um, but I mean, nothing's normal at this in this day and age. So it, we just got to just roll with the punches, I guess, and uh, just keep plugging away. You've been uh, paired together with uh, Ian Mitchell, the former second round draft pick uh, from the start of training camp, and uh, it looks like it's gone pretty smoothly. This is a kid, maybe only what twenty two years old or so, but uh, he comes off as a lot more uh, older, experienced player for uh, having just three NHL games now under his belt. Yeah, Mitchie just turned twenty two today, so. Happy birthday wow. to him. Halfway to we 40. won't break out in song. We will not break yeah. out in song. <laughs> no, I'm not much of a singer. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, he, play, he plays a mature game. It's, uh, you know, it's a pretty simple eye test. He moves the puck well. Um, he, you know, he's not doing anything too fancy right now. But I think as time come, time goes on, he's going to build up more confidence. And, um, you know, he, he, I think he's going to have a great career. And I've really enjoyed being paired with him so far and, uh, I think we've been pretty solid through throughout the first three games, so it's uh, it's been a pleasure to play with him, and I hope he would say the same thing about me. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin, uh, last year, right around December, uh, after after you got injured, you and me were talking, and you know we had a real frank and candid conversation about just the game of hockey and, and where you were with things, and you know it's unbelievable and awesome to see you back to where you are and out there competing again, and I had a conversation with a with a former teammate of yours justin williams who 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 echoed those thoughts and is just as thrilled but can you take me through the process to getting yourself back in and just kind of what it meant to you to be back on the ice and and playing hockey again because i know at the end of the day it came down to 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 love of the game a bit uh it's definitely it's all about the love of the game um you know it's uh past three years have been pretty tough for me um you know i've had major shoulder surgeries the past three and uh, there were some dark times in there, you know, t- mentally tough times. And um, but you know, at the end of the day, I truly love playing hockey. And um, you know, it's it's not it, the, these aren't going to keep me away from the game. Uh, you know, the shoulders are. You know, the, there's always that old saying. You know, the the injuries are a long way from the heart, but um, they're kind of close geographically on a body, I guess. But um, <laughs> but it's uh, it's something that's not going to keep me down and. Um, and it, the, you know, the worst part about it too is it's like uh, it's always a freak accident. It's never from a hit or, yeah. um, um, you, you, 
you know, uh, it's just a it's just a weird time in a game where it's an awkward fall or something, and it's uh, it's really out of my control, and that's the thing that's really annoying. But um, you know, you just try and do, try and stay positive and, and uh, control the things that you can control at the end of the day. And uh, it's really great to be back on the ice with the guys, though. And um, you know, the teams, the staff, and the team has been great over the past year with uh, regarding rehab and all that kind of stuff. And um, you know, I'm very grateful, and and uh, I'm not trying to take playing in the NHL for granted. So it's been a it's been a long year, but to be out there, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to ask you about two things in this interview. I was going to ask you about analytics, and I wasn't going to ask you about your shoulders, because you're probably sick of talking about them after what you've been through the last couple of years. But you know, when I saw that piece that Scott Powers did with you a couple of weeks ago, I did want to circle back to, to one point you brought up with the most recent procedure a year ago, and that's that the doctors took some some extra preventative measures that, that more or less locks the shoulders in to vir- virtually knock on something, virtually guarantee that the same injury doesn't happen again? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the procedures, I, I mean, I don't know how much time we have on the radio, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's actually quite kind of a simple procedure, but it's, uh, um, you know, the, the medical terms are, are kind of complicating and stuff, but I, I, I think I could go and do it on a, on a cadaver somewhere. I've had so many of them now, so... <laughs> But it's uh, you know, this this time round, you get I got sliced open, and they uh, they didn't do it arthroscopically, and they uh, you know, essentially take a another piece of bone from elsewhere in your body and make your cavity deeper, and it's it's all that fancy mumbo jumbo. But um, you know, knock on wood that they just stay in their sockets for a few more years here. So I I want to you know play hockey in the NHL as long as I can, and um, it's you know. Whatever Hopefully, works, like you said, knock knock on some wood. So, <laughs> Kelva, how's uh, how's the brewery, bud? How's Ridge Rock up there? And uh, how's Ridge Rock up there in Carp? I, 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 you and me talked about trying to get up there, but uh, maybe maybe we should make that a maybe, maybe we should make that a thing this summer. Yeah, I, I mean it's just down the road from from where uh, my fiance and I live, but it's uh, you know the lights are still on. It's been a weird year with COVID and mm. stuff. Um, you know, the city of Ontario is on, on a lockdown right now. So there's no indoor, like zero indoor dining or anything along those lines. So it's been, um, you know, a little strange, but, you know, we've had to adapt and it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun just to, you know, be a part of a business, um, while I'm playing to, you know, keep my mind, uh, away from hockey at certain times and, um, just have something else to think about. So. It's been a lot of fun, um, but you know things are do- things are going well so far, so good. How did you first get interested in it, and how how long uh, how long did the, uh, the the idea germinate with uh, some of your buddies and your families involved too? Right? Yeah, my dad my dad works at the brewery. He's uh, he's pretty much our Swiss Army knife there. Um, does deliveries, helps with canning and, and and the brewing process and all that kind of stuff. And um, you know he cleans the building in the morning. Uh, you know he's a not necessarily well he is a swiss army knife that's for sure but he's probably the heart and soul of the building really like you know we we myself and my partners talk about it that we probably would have been out of business by now if it wasn't for him (laughs) um but it's uh you know the it's kind of started uh there's four of us just hanging around just having a beer um you know being normal and and then uh you know we we talked about the idea and then one day we kind of revisited and we're like ah let's just try it and you know, the rest is history, really. So it's been a lot of fun. Good stuff. Calva, back to hockey for a moment here. Uh, 
you know, obviously you, you're, your guy's been around the league a bit, so you have that veteran voice, and especially back on, on the defensive side of things, you're, you're one of the guys, some of these younger guys have kind of maybe maybe looked to at the current situation of the, of the season and the state of the NHL and sort of where the Blackhawks are at. Is, is, is that a role that you embrace? I mean, are you one of those guys that's kind of putting your arm around them? I, I know in some of those Zoom calls you've said, ah, oh, maybe they're, you know, trying to take your job, but... You've always struck me as the kind of player who, who who embraces the younger guys and sort of kind of helps them along. You find yourself in that spot right now? Uh, yeah, I know. I've, I've been hanging out with uh, you know Ian Mitchell a lot, and you know just trying to show him the ropes a little bit. Um, it's obviously different in, in in this you know in the circumstances, but uh, you know with COVID and everything. But it's it's uh, you know I, I was a young guy once too, and you know there was you know always guys around. There were certain players that always you know, seem to be, I guess, a little more friendly, if you want to put it that way. Um, but it was, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're teammates, right? And, you know, I joke about them taking my job and stuff. Yeah, whatever. But, like, it, you know, at the end of the day, like, I'm going to, you know, put my uh, heart on my sleeve and, and work as hard as I can to help the young guys and uh, be a part of the team and, and do my best to help the team win, right? So, um, but, you know, the young guys here are, are, are all they're all really good kids and um you know it it, i think having a a good bunch of good people on a team really makes you enjoy the team aspect a lot more as we let you go here uh, speaking of being a young guy uh when you were a younger guy jeremy was a minor league teammate of yours uh back in the day in the islander system over at uh bridgeport sound but but before he had to shut his career down describe the type of player he was and uh i know i asked you this previously but for our audience purposes did you see coaching in his future JC JC was our my captain my first year in Bridgeport um, when we were in the minors. I mean, it's weird how the <laughs> hockey world's so small. Eh? Like it's so so strange now that now he's behind the bench <laughs> um, and coaching me, I guess for that matter. But he was, uh, you know, he was a great teammate and a great leader. Like like I said or, uh, previously, like having a, um, you know, you always kind of had those, you know, there's certain older guys that were like more friendly and you know kind of took the young guys under their wing and. JC was always a guy like that, and you know he he always helped me feel comfortable uh, around the older guys, and and you know just other in, in certain situations, and you know you never felt out of place with a captain like him, and he's I think he's really uh, translated that style to to his coaching, and um, you know he's pretty down to earth and approachable, and uh, you know to be honest, I've really really enjoyed playing for him so far. Um, so I don't really have anything bad to say about Jeremy, and I've, I, so no, honestly, like I, I've I've really really enjoyed playing for him, and I I you know I'm, he's been great so far. Yep, to your contract extension as well, well announced last week. Well, Calvin, we we know you're, you're, there's so many things you have you 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 have you could have done down there under these rules. Uh, so uh, thanks for carving out uh, ten fifteen minutes to join us here on Blackhawks Live. We really appreciate it. Go uh, get yourself a win tomorrow night. All right. Yeah, we'll do our best. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Calvin DeHaan, Blackhawks defenseman, joining us here on Blackhawks Live. Chris Bowden, Nick Gizmondi with you here. And coming up next, as uh, we roll on, we will hear from another defenseman, Steve Conroy. That's straight ahead here on Blackhawks Live, presented by Chevy Drive, Chicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. It's the bottom of the hour. Let's check in the newsroom with news headlines. Here's Vic Vaughn. Now Iserman. To the far board, Dave Barr against Yoni trying to cut in. A one-hand shot blocked by Conroy. Conroy got it ahead to Presley on right wing. Presley and over the line. Dropped it to Graham. A drive. Right on rebound. Conroy, he scores! Steve Conroy takes up the rebound. 
Well, when you score 41 career NHL goals and another 10 in the playoffs, you probably remember every one. And uh, that was certainly the excitable Pat Foley on the call from eons ago. And our next guest, he's going to hang up on me if I keep going like this. <laughs> Steve Conroy joining us uh, now. And uh, Chris Bowden, Nick Ismondi, as we roll on here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. And do you remember that drive to the net, Steve Conroy, back in the day? You know, Chris, it's funny. Even though I only scored, did you say forty-one goals? That's that's what that's what it says. Forty-one and okay, ten in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, even though he only scored forty-one goals, I I cannot remember it. And <laughs> you know, maybe it's because that was what thirty some odd years ago. But uh, no, I just I, I I can't. Everything. It's funny. You have five kids, and everything becomes a blur. <laughs> yeah, you sound like you sound like Troy when I try to ask him to remember certain certain instances or matchups or things like that. But. Uh, uh, you're 14 NHL seasons, and you're, I think, now in your 15th year of, of, of doing uh, color and analysis on TV. You've, you've outlasted your NHL career in this gig, but I want to start out by asking you about last night. What was it like being in an empty United Center with a basketball floor down and uh, doing that call with Pat on uh, last night's game against Florida? Yeah, it's a little different. Um, you know, I, I miss the energy. You know, especially at the United Center. I mean, the energy there is unparalleled in the in the NHL. But even when you go on the road, whether it's Florida or Tampa, you know, Nashville's got a great feel, a great buzz. You know, I, I kind of miss that. But hey, listen, we're making the best of a of a kind of a difficult situation. And you know, there's more important things going on than than hockey games and us broadcasting from an empty an empty United Center. So. You know, I'm just glad that uh, you know most everyone has gotten through this uh, relatively healthy. I know that we've there's been some loved ones lost, and and that is you know tragic. But um, I think there is light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm hoping, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that uh, we have some fans at the United Center before the uh, the close of this uh, regular season. Amen. Steve, it's so difficult to to do games off of a monitor. Like I, I, I mean, I used to do that when I was with NBC Sports Network. You'd be calling events from millions of miles away. So not only are you in an empty arena, you you have to manufacture that that emotion, but you also are not picking up on the things that are happening beyond the screen. You're not you're not looking at faces on the bench. You're not you're not seeing all that. So how how is an analyst is is that for you? And is it a bit of an adjustment? Well, first off, Nick, great to hear you. Great to hear you on the radio. I saw you on the NHL Network the other day. You did a fantastic job. Um, yeah, it is. It's difficult because, you know, your job as a color guy, and listen, we've got a couple of play-by-play guys, um, you know, whether it's Pat Boyle, um, you know, John Weideman on, on the radio side. When I listen to those guys, I can literally take my eye off the puck and watch what's going on behind the play. And I still know what's going on, if you follow what I'm saying. So, to your point, Nick, I I will watch, you know, the bench. And I will watch guys making a change. Or I will watch maybe a scrum happening behind the play. Mm -hmm. And a perfect example last night, you know, we called that Patrick Kane goal, the the sweet spinorama pass (laughs) from Pia Suter. And I I think if I was in the building, I would have noticed Joel Quenville looking at his iPad, checking out the, uh, the replays. And because there was so much time in between, and we just did a close-up of the bench, so I'm thinking, okay, well, they're just celebrating the goal, and, and they're showing Suter and, uh, and, and Kane on the bench. Um, we didn't know they were going to do the, uh, the video, you know, the, uh, 
the offside call. Um, and I think had we been in the building, whether it was in Florida or at the United Center, we would have picked up on that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little difficult. Um, it, it's not ideal. But like I said, I'm just happy that we're playing hockey and, and everyone's, you know, healthy and, and we're getting by that way. So, um, but, you know, it's funny, as a, as a color commentator, I can literally, because Pat's so good, I can literally take my eyes off the puck and the play hmm. and just listen to him, but watch what's going on, whether it's on the bench or 200 feet behind the play, and I still kind of know what's going on. The uh, position you played uh, right now for the Blackhawks uh, seems to be in very good hands for the future with some of the prospects that they have in this in this pipeline. Ian Mitchell making his NHL debut. Uh, Adam Boquist still moving along. And Nikita Zadorov is actually still a fairly young guy, 25, even though he's played, what, six seasons in the league. And I want to just get some of your thoughts on, on some of these younger guys and even ones who may not be on the roster right now. I know everyone is talking about Adam Boquist here after the first three games of the season, but... You know, uh, teaching points, learning points, they have to be made. He is not going to grow into his potential. And you can say the same thing about Zadorov if he is not giving giving these opportunities and making mistakes and trying to learn from them. This is a 20-year-old kid uh, who still has a very bright future. We all want it now. But not everyone is like Kirby Doc was last year. These these things go in different shapes and sizes and lengths of time in order for some of these kids to reach their potential. Yeah, you know, that's very well put, Chris. Everyone kind of learns at their own speed, their own pace. And I'll never forget a conversation I had with, uh, he was a teammate of mine, uh, Dennis Podvan with the New York Islanders. And, and he then became the color commentator for the uh, Florida Panthers for a number of years until last year. And he said, you know, you don't know what you have as a defenseman until he's played uh, 240 games. Mm. So that's basically three years in the NHL. When you get 240 games under your belt, as a defenseman, then you know what you've got. And, and I thought that was interesting because you're still learning. Um, and, and Adam Boquist is still learning. Now, you know, his curve has been a little slower, I think, than maybe Blackhawk fans and maybe Blackhawk brass had hoped. Um, when you look at guys like, you know, Jack Hughes and uh, – I'm sorry, is it Quinn Hughes is mm-hmm. in Vancouver? Quinn, yeah, right. Quinn Hughes in Vancouver, you know, what he's doing uh, as a relatively young guy. So um, everyone kind of develops at their own pace. So I think you've got to be patient. Um, and listen, he knows he's making mistakes, and, and they hurt. And I know as a defenseman, when, when I coughed up the puck when I was in my first couple of years in the NHL, um, you'd lose sleep over it, but you learned your lesson, and, and, and you make sure you never do it again. So I, I, I think that's the trajectory he's on. Um, he's, he's an undeniable skill offensively. He still has some work to do in his own zone and positionally. And I brought up on the broadcast last night, you know, I, I played – not a lot. I played a little bit with Phil Housley. Right at the end of my career, I was in Calgary, uh, the, the team I started with, and Phil was there. And when I got traded from Calgary to the New York Islanders, Thomas Janssen was my defense partner. And, and people might not know Thomas Janssen, but he played on all four uh, New York Islanders Stanley Cups in the, in the early 80s. And he wasn't a big guy. He was only about 5'10", 175, 180 pounds. And that's what Boquist is. But they got to, they both got the job done because they were great positional players and they anticipated and they were, you know, strong on their stick. So, um, you know, I, I think that's something that Adam Boquist has to, le- to learn is, is positioning and it should come to him because offensively he puts himself into really good positions. Now, what he has to do is realize, okay, now I want to take away that good ice that I want to get on offense. I, I want to be between the, uh, the guy with the puck in the net and, you know, it's, 
it's hard work. Defense is hard work. Offense is all about, you know, creativity and freewheeling and, 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 you know, it's easy to get energized when you've got the puck. It's a lot harder to get energized when you don't have the puck. So, you know, those are lessons he's going to learn. And I think he's going to be okay. Um, what we have to realize as broadcasters and fans and maybe coaches is some guys don't reach their potential, especially as defensemen until they've been in the league for three years. So, you know, I don't know what he's played now. He's probably played a little over uh, fewer than a hundred games. So let's give him another hundred games and see where he stands. Mm. You know, a big thing is, is is confidence with these guys, too. And you, you touched on that a little bit. I asked uh, Coach that question today during the press conference, and it's like, you know, how is his, how is his confidence? Are you guys building him up? And I think that a guy like Jeremy Carlton and that staff is is doing that. I, I feel like that, you know, when he's coming off the ice, they're trying to keep him up a little bit. It's not like they're barking down him or, 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 or cutting him down a little bit because I think he does realize that he's got to keep that confidence up, and he has to make those mistakes. Uh, would you... Would you agree with that sentiment based on the way the staff kind of handles these situations with these guys? Oh, yeah. You know, and I think realistically the Blackhawks, you know, thought, hey, listen, everyone wants to make the playoffs, but it was it was going to be really tough to try and make the playoffs this year uh, in this division when you've got, you know, teams like uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Carolina, who I really like. Uh, you know, we saw Florida last night. They, they probably should make the playoffs. Dallas, who has yet to play a game, who are the uh, Stanley Cup runner-ups? Uh, you know they're in they're in the mix too. So I think realistically they thought, listen, it's it's going to be tough to make the playoffs. Let's make sure these guys are getting reps and and learning. And you know you don't want them to become frustrated though. And I think Nick, that's kind of what you're touching on. You know to keep the the confidence up. And I love the fact that Sheldon Brookbank works a lot with the defensemen. And Sheldon, I, I know he played forward in the NHL a little bit, but he he spent a lot of his uh, youth and and even early NHL career playing as a defenseman and different type of defenseman than Adam Boquist, but he knows, he knows what it's like, you know, to, uh, to have your confidence shaken. And, and I'm not saying Boquist is in that boat, but um, they're, they're treating these guys with, you know, kid gloves and making sure that they're not frustrated um, and, and they're not, you know, really doubting themselves. So, uh, and, and I'll throw Mark Crawford into that mix too. And Mark Crawford was a pretty tough right winger when he played in Vancouver, most of his career, um, he knows what it's like to be a young player in the NHL. So these guys, uh, I, I know they're sympathetic. And, you know, Boquist had a bit of a tough night last night, and he got sat for a few shifts, and I thought, well, maybe that's the end of him. And then all of a sudden we saw him again in the third period. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jeremy Collin knows that, listen, we might not win a Stanley Cup this year, but it's important that these guys are learning and developing. And, and that's why we saw Adam Boquist in the third period. As uh, as uh, we wrap up with you here, two quick questions from me. First of all, what was Troy Murray like as a teammate? <laughs> Troy was the best. And, and I'll tell you what, CB, uh, we used to work out together. Um, and this was back before players really worked out. Jazzercise. But, uh, uh, jazzercise, yeah. <laughs> a lot of Pilates. No, there was no Pilates back then. We, uh, we went, and I forget the name of the gym, but it was in... Uh, Gold's oh, Gym. Gosh, it was... Yeah, it wasn't a gold. It, it was. It was. A, it was. A, it was a great spot, and uh, so we, we'd get together and we'd work out pretty much five days a week in the off season. Uh, Troy was great, and uh, he, he was, was salty after a loss, before. though. He was salty with the media after a loss, though. I I joke with him. We 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 try to avoid him. If there's anybody to talk to in the locker room, you were always good after a loss, after those rare losses. But yeah. boy, keep your distance from Troy. He's a teddy bear. Well, he he took the game home with him, and I I was, 
you know, I told you I had five kids, so I had other things to worry about once the game was over. So, uh, you know, he, yeah, he, he lived, he, he was, a, he was a mean guy and, and salty until the next game. And then he could, you know, he can get back on the winning ways, but no, Trey was great. And, and I think he was ahead of his time as far as working out. And, you know, maybe our, maybe our nutrition uh, regimen wasn't as good as they are now, but, uh, you know, we, we tried to stay on top of things as far as, uh, you know, working out hard and, Making sure we came to camp in real good shape. Okay, and then and then uh, as we say goodbye here, who 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 is your favorite um, uh, television Blackhawks uh, co-host uh, from all all the ones that you have worked with and and uh, and reporters as well? Uh, who oh who are your absolute favorites of, of all time during your oh fifteen boy. year career? <laughs> you know what, Chris, you're right up there. Nick Gizmondo, uh, Gizmondi, he he is. Right there, too. Pat Boyle, I think probably because I've worked the longest with Pat. Um, and it's so funny because, you know, people see me in real life, and, and I'm six, well, I was six one and a half when I played. I'm probably closer to six one or six feet now, but so I'm six one, let's say. And people see me and they go, gosh, I didn't realize you're so tall because you look like a small guy next to Pat. Pat's six five, six six. He's a, he's a huge guy. You're, you're uh, still but, devilishly handsome, too, though, by the way. Connor. Well, yeah, I, I don't think so, but thank you. Uh, but Chris, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of great guys. Uh, you know, go back to Jim Blaney. Wow, yeah, yeah. there's a there's a blast from the past. That's uh, that was um, that's, that's who I thought your pick was going to be. But uh, I, I'm just well, joking. Yeah, I'm not you know, putting you on the spot here. So no, was, I, I, listen, fun. everyone I've worked with, um, you know, so good, so professional. Um, I've been really lucky and blessed that it's been 15, 16 years, and that doesn't happen very often with one team. And then you know, to have the stretch of you know three Stanley Cups in six years and uh, all the great playoff series. Um, I feel really fortunate because, as you know, Chris and and Nick, that makes your job a lot easier when the team's winning. Right back at you, sir, and uh, and uh, you've lasted that long because you're good at it. So, uh, thanks for uh, being good and jumping on with us here today and uh, breaking things down a little bit, all Blackhawks wise. And uh, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you back out there here in a couple of days when the team comes uh, comes back from out of town. I appreciate your time, Steve. Thank you, guys. Keep up the great work. All right, Steve Conroy joining us here. Chris Bowden, Nick Ismondi, as we start winding down towards uh, the end of this edition of Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. A few more minutes with Nick and myself as we uh, wrap things up here on 720 WGN. Oh, where's the cranberry juice and uh, hanging on to the, the pickup truck? That's a vibe right there. Yes, folks. well, yeah, that, that thing went viral with uh, with uh, one uh, TikTok video that uh, that was so popular here. Right, welcome Maybe back we try to that. welcome Maybe back we to Black. You want a skateboard? Yeah, eh? I don't think so. <laughs> welcome back to Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. So, um, uh, not much news out of uh, practice today. The team did get together, Nick, and uh, you know, uh, you you were in on that conference call afterwards as well. Jeremy Carlton was asked about the possibility. First of all, yeah, Jeremy's one of those coaches who isn't going to tell you a day beforehand who's going to be in net. But the question did arise whether Kevin Lankin and will in fact get an opportunity here this season after Subban opened it up and uh, Colin Dealey has played the last two contests. And Jeremy did say yes, uh, Lankin will eventually get an opportunity, whether it comes tomorrow night or somewhere down the road. Uh, they don't want him sitting around. 
around too long. And based on you know the way things have gone the first uh, couple of games, uh, there have been good spots for both Subban and Delia, uh, but there have been some you know unfortunate mistakes by them both. So uh, you don't want Lankanen to sit around, and since neither of them has taken the bull by the horns, this opportunity will remain open for uh, the former world champion from Finland. He'll, he'll get something here coming soon. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have a little bit of a luxury of having three guys that you, you want to look at. Obviously, it's a disadvantage not having a clear number one to start this season, and we kind of sort of knew you know, transitioning from offseason into this abbreviated training camp into a shortened season that it was going to be the goaltending that, that I think the biggest question mark exists on, and I think that that answer isn't going to come anytime soon. I, I think we're going to I think it's going to take a few games, some months maybe here, even though we don't have that many, to to figure out exactly what that situation, that landscape is going to look like. There were positives for both of those guys, but I agree with you. There were some definite definite oopses, and I'm still going to go with the positivity of chalking that up to not really having many in-game situations before to to shake that rust off. But it'll be very interesting to see how Lankanen responds to, to, to the net. I think we'll see him very soon here, and then you know from there it'll kind of flip itself out a little bit. Uh, two uh, bright spots here so far in the early going, despite the results. It's good to see Alex DeBrinket get yeah. on track here fairly quickly. And, you know, uh, Philip Kurashev making his NHL debut a couple of games ago. And uh, I, I think the, the fourth round pick from, what, 2018? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's looked the part. He, it does, the stage doesn't look too big from him. And I thought uh, he looked pretty impressive the first couple of games. You? Yeah, I would agree, and I'd also add in Dylan Strom. You know, I yep. think that you know, seeing seeing him, he kind of got that contract. He he sort of settled in the center a little bit. I know he got some reps on that that top line with DeBrink and his old pal back from the Iriotter days when they played in the OHL together. Obviously, they're very close off uh, off the ice as well. And then you know, getting some reps with Patrick Kane as well. You saw his confidence sort of kind of swell a little bit. But all of those things massively positive for this team right now. I mean, I think one of the big things at the end of last year that a lot of people were questioning was, oh, when is DeBrink? it gonna get going and that that kid's a gamer I, i've watched him since he was a little guy and he's just man oh man he can play and i think we're starting to see that now and he's comfortable looks great on the power play too and that's another positive uh, i mean i think that you know the man advantage for the hawks has, has been decent over these uh these first three games so yeah even even though you've had 15 goals against and you, you're zero and three to start there are some things that are trending in the right direction for this group and if they can just kind of keep focusing and honing in on those and keep those things rolling, then, you know, the tide's going to turn here for the boys. i uh, got about a minute left here. J- just, uh, I think, a final thought. I'm feeling pretty good about tomorrow night, um, uh, but one thing Patrick Kane said before last night's game, he'd like to see how this team reacts with playing a lead, uh, yeah. playing with a lead. They almost had that. Unfortunately, Patrick was involved in not being able to play with a lead on that play <laughs> uh, in the first period, but uh, I think that might do wonders. And again, uh, in each of these first three games, there's been a three-goal period limiting all that you heard the guys talk about it on the zoom calls today limiting those down times and, and not letting a, a snowball grow even more as it falls downhill you got to stop that momentum right away that's something troy's brought up during the course of the broadcast that's, i think that's the next step that this team has to make uh when they do feel a little bit of adversity uh, against an opponent yeah, and keeping it simple, not panicking in those situations when you're down, not trying to overcomplicate things on zone exits or transitions, and just doing the simple thing. And don't overthink the shooting either. Get yourself a goal if you got to get a goal. Don't 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 try to make that one extra pass to make it pretty. Just put the puck in the net, and if you go simple, you're going to be good. 
Sounds like a plan. Hey, uh, glad we were finally able to do this together. This awesome. And uh, let's keep doing this week by week. Uh, thanks to the Blackhawks for getting Calvin DeHaan. Thanks to Steve Conroy as well for joining us here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Uh, Nick, we'll talk to you again next Monday. I'm sure we'll be talking uh, during the course of the week and on Zoom calls uh, with uh, players and coaches uh, interrupting our fascinating questions. So uh, <laughs> have yourself a good week and uh, look forward to coming uh, back next Monday. You too, Bodes. And thanks to our producer, Curtis, and yep. everybody at WGN for having me. It's uh, it's an honor to be on a uh, Chicago institution. Love you guys. It's uh, going to be fun all season long. Yes, thanks to our producer, Curtis Koch. Thanks to Krista Flores as well for spinning the dials. And a reminder, coming up tomorrow night, it's the Blackhawks and the Florida Panthers. We'll be with you for the 5.30 pregame here on 720 WGN before John and Troy take over with the calls. The Blackhawks look for their first victory of the year, again, against the Florida Panthers before coming back home to take on the Detroit Red Wings on Friday night at the United Center. You have been listening to Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. We'll talk to you again next Monday night. Stick around. It's the top of the hour. And let's head over to the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Here's Vic Vaughn.